Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 16 through 21. And Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life and let us see what we can see today in Scripture? Uh, I would love to. Merry Christmas to everyone. Let's uh, buck the system of the world and and keep uh, keep on celebrating our Lord's birth. Merry Christmas. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of loving us so much that you became one of us to show us how to live, to show us how to, to suffer, and to die and to rise, that we will rise with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of your birth, Lord. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Dear Holy Spirit, we please, uh, we ask you please to come into our hearts, come into our conversation, come into every aspect of our lives to animate us, to, uh, to enliven us, to speak in and through us, to love others uh, so they feel your love through us. Thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. As we break open the word, the word for this coming Sunday for the feast of, of Mary, Mother of God, uh, Jesus, we thank you for the gift of our mother. That from the cross, you gave us that beautiful gift of Mary, our mother. So Mary, we ask you, please, in a special way to pray with us, pray for us, that we will grow closer to God, our Father, to Jesus, your Son and our brother, and to the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary. Full of grace, grace. the Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure would. Uh, This, again, is a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 16 to 21. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what had been told to them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So kind of right in the middle of uh, of the text there is the word amazed. I love that word, amazed. And uh, and I just wrote a little note next to it. They they shared their God story, right? I mean, they were hanging out in the in the fields, right? And they they had this little private concert with the choir the choir of angels, and not only a concert, but you know some concerts. There's a, a message as well. And they so they had the they had the concert, they had the message, and uh, and when they shared their God story of them hanging out in the fields and, and the angels coming and, and giving them the message, the people were amazed. And and you think back, 
to the to that message because they were amazed at what they were told. So the shepherds shared their story. Everyone that heard it were were amazed. And what did the what did the angel say? They said, "Do not be afraid." Right? They told the shepherds, "Don't be afraid." So whenever you know, whenever this this news or this uh, story unfolds, God's plan unfolds. He sends his angels to tell the shepherds, to tell Joseph, to tell Mary, "Don't be afraid." Do not be afraid, right? And the same is true in our lives when there's craziness going on or when there's situations in our lives that just seem so out of whack, so out of balance. Our Lord is saying, don't be afraid. Fear not. And then what else did they did they tell the shepherds? That there's good news, right? This isn't a ho-hum kind of news, right? This is This is good news of great joy. A Savior has been born to you, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So that's the message that these guys ran in haste to share and that's the message that all the people that heard it were amazed to hear. So they shared their God story. They caused amazement uh, in, in people's hearts. And guys and gals out there and around the table here, we have God stories that we share. And I know, David, you do such a great job with that with your, with your kids and, and with you know, just people that you're, you're in relationship with, that you're so open to asking God about the situations in your life and the stories that unfold. But then you, you retell those and you're so open about them, even when it's, it's a lesson that oh, God's yeah. trying to teach you. And uh, <laughs> you know, you're very transparent, but you share your God stories just as the shepherds share their God story. So, you know, what's, what's amazing you? So whoever's listening now, just take a pause, take a moment to think what about this whole Christmas story has left you in wonder and awe. And then think of your own story recently in the last week or two or month, like what, how has God spoken to you? Like what, what is your God story most recently that that's happened to you? And, And let's share that with each other. And that gives hope, Rob. When we share the stories, we help the blind see that don't see spiritually God at work in their life. We have we help the deaf to hear who don't hear God's voice. We help them to hear. So it's so important to share those stories of hope, to be messengers of hope to the world. And Rob, where I got stuck is the first sentence. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and they found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. And we could just stop there and try and analyze it. But you know what the Lord really convicted me of? We as Catholics know, we're not only taught, but we know in our hearts that Jesus Christ embodies fully himself in the Eucharist. He is the body, blood, soul, and divinity present in the Eucharist. And do I, as the shepherd of my family, go with haste and Bethlehem means city of bread, to the church to both consume the word of God, Jesus Christ, in the word, but then as also John's gospel says, the word became flesh. Do I then go with haste and recognize and realize, recognize Christ in the Eucharist and realize it is him that I'm going to receive body, blood, soul, and divinity. Jesus taught us how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. God answered that prayer every day in just about every Catholic church in the world. That bread of life, Jesus Christ, that same Jesus Christ that the shepherds with haste went to see, that the wise men traveled for years to come and pay homage to, to prostrate themselves, means lay down on the ground, face down, prostrate themselves and adore and worship. Do I, with haste, Go to the church, realizing this whole scene is playing out again. Jesus is going to come into the world in the Eucharist. That same Jesus is going to make himself fully present is the manger of my heart, 
open to receive him. Scriptures tell us Jesus is always knocking. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. Is there room for him there? Or are we too busy with worldly stuff to truly understand the greatest is to go and receive him? I love it in the garden where Jesus has to three times go out to his friends and wake them up and say, can't you give me just one hour? Gee, the Catholic Mass lasts about one hour. Hmm. Do you think maybe Jesus has a little parallel there for us? Can we not give Jesus, give God our Father and Holy Spirit, one hour, the tithe of the gift of 24 hours? Can we not give that to him at the beginning of our days? Can we not go to daily Mass and make God the number one priority to receive him so that why? So that then we with haste, as Mary showed us, when she opened up to receive and conceive Jesus in her heart and in her womb, can take Jesus Christ, as she did, to someone in need, her cousin Elizabeth. So for me, man, I want to be like the shepherds. Nothing else matters but getting up, trusting that God will protect my family, and going to church going to Mass to receive my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, both in word and in the flesh, in the Eucharist. Whoa. When you get that as a Catholic, you wake up, and you will be a world changer. You will be a fire in the world. But don't forget, you got to prepare yourself. you got to go and confess your sins. you got to get clean, because you don't want to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ unworthily, as Scripture teaches us. So go to that great sacrament of reconciliation. Get it all out. God knows what you did. It doesn't matter what you did. He knows. Now, go and confess it, because that confession is not for God. It's for you. Hmm. Jesus Christ paid the price to set you free. Receive the gift, especially now at the Christmas season. Rob, receive the gift. If we were given all these gifts from our parents and sat them on a shelf and never opened them, Would they be of any value? No. So Jesus Christ, God the Father, has given us his greatest gift, his son. Let's receive the gift. Open it up. Be set free. And then allow it to be Christ that lives in us. It's Christ then who goes out into the world and does the good works that our Father has prepared for us in advance. It's awesome. You know, I, I can honestly say that I go in haste to uh, to Mass, but usually it's because I'm running a few minutes late. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not always for the right reason. But uh, uh, And you were talking about spending an, an hour, uh, as Christ asked, can you not wait with me an hour? And I remember many years ago, I cut out of a Catholic paper, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek headline. It said, Judas leaves Mass early. Was the Last Supper too long? <laughs> You know, the question oh, mark. Wow. And that's I, good. And I cut it out. I thought it was kind of kind of clever, but uh, but the, but it's true. You know that if you leave early or you don't spend the time, you don't take the time, you don't get the you don't get the reward. You don't get the benefit. You don't get the relationship that grows. But I'm mindful of a few years ago, and I know you you guys will remember this when um, and this translation does not have the same wording, but when Bishop Gaynor talked about receiving things in our life that happen to us and taking them into our heart and pondering them. Remember, and that what comes out should always be of Christ. You know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that we take into our heart and we ponder it, and we have that moment of 
of sanctifying it, so to speak. And then what comes out of us should be an action of Christ. It should be something of Christ. And he re- def- he directly referred to this passage. Now, we used to have the word transla- translated as pondering, but it's reflecting now. So it doesn't have that same sense of taking it in and kind of turning it over and letting it kind of marinate in there and let Christ, you know, because the other thing to keep in mind about this, you know, Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. Not everything that happened in all these things from the time of the Annunciation until now, you know, with the, with the shepherds showing up was necessarily good. I mean, at the last minute, they have to go for a census that was, you know, she's heavy with child, so to speak. And uh, they get there and there's no place to stay. So not all of this pondering was of, of of good things, but everything that came in, she turned it over in her heart. She pondered in her heart. And what came out was, you know, was was God's grace. You know, what came out was was um, the child that was promised to her that was that she was to take, you know, into her life and become and have it become the most important thing uh, for not just for her, but for all of us. So for her to ponder the significance of all these things that were happening and sh- and certainly the, the good things with the shepherd and the shepherds and all the coincidences, you know, quote unquote coincidences. But for her to take those things into her heart and recognize that, that God was a, a, was at work in her life and how for us to do that same thing. Thing, how God works in our life when those kinds of things happen to us. You know, and I love what it's what it continues here. And with haste, we go to church to receive Jesus. But guess who else is there? Mary and Joseph. That's why in every Catholic church, we always see Mary and Joseph. Why? They're Jesus's parents. You know, Mary is always there with the Lord. And so is Joseph. What is their role now in heaven? To pray for each and every one of us as the adopted sons of God, the Father, but as children of Mary, because Jesus gave us the greatest gift he could give us from the cross. When he looked down at his beloved disciple, which represents each and every one of us, many times we say that's John, the, 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 the apostle John, which is more than likely correct, but symbolically it represents each and every one of us. And he looks down and he sees his mother and he sees the beloved disciple and he says to the beloved disciple, behold your mother. He says to his mother, behold your son. And from that moment on, the beloved disciple took her into her home. So for us as Catholics, we know taking Mary and Joseph into our home to use them as the prayer warriors they're called to be now in the in the church militant and church of praying, praying, praying for us here on earth who are fighting the battle. They're the victorious ones that are with Christ, but they're praying for us in our journey home to him. I love it. Nothing wrong with it. And we were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, we were talking about gifts in this, in this time of year. And uh, I was just thinking of, of how, you know, how quickly we, quickly we are to, uh, you know, pack the bags on Christmas and then just move yeah. on, right, 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 right when, you know, the December 26th rolls around. And there's so many gifts. I mean, there's so many treasures in the church. And you're talking about reconciliation as one of them. And, and I was just kind of jotting down as, as we're, we're sitting here sharing, you know, how cool would it be? And maybe I'll try to do it this year. Um, I'm a little late to start it, but it's never, you know, it's never, never too late. Uh, 12 days, 12 gifts. Right? You know, we have the, the, the 12 days of yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So 12 days, 12 gifts. Um, and each day of the Christmas season, introduce a new gift into your prayer life or into your family's prayer life. And you know, for those of us who have families that are kids that are still home, um, and I just came up with 10 real quick, you know, re- you know one day due to reconciliation, daily mass, 
adoration, Bible, you know, praying with the Bible, do some type of gospel reflection like we're doing here at home, rosary, chapel of divine mercy, prayer with music, silence, praying with the saints, praying with the angels. So imagine each day you pick one of those and you unwrap that gift with your family. Say, all right, guys, we're going to go to the gift of reconciliation today. God gave us that gift. Let's, un- let's, let's open that gift. And then the next day we're going to celebrate the gift of a daily mass and, and you know, talk about it, experience it, go out to breakfast afterwards and share, right? And just bring these gifts. And if we maybe change our own mindset a little bit, that everything that the church has, you know, laid out for us over these 2,000 years, they're all gifts. Then that'll help us individually experience the gift instead of keeping it, you know, beautifully wrapped. You will tear open all these gifts and then it'll be a, a fun way to share with our families. That's interesting, Rob. When we're sharing that, I believe that in Jewish tradition, it is 12 gifts for Hanukkah, one each day. And and so for me, I want to deep dig deep into that and understand what is the meaning behind that, you know, and what is the mm-hmm. significance behind that. Also, what I love about scriptures is nothing is by accident. Nothing is by coincidence. Mary and Joseph gave birth to Jesus in a, in a stable. Why? When we ask that question, we come to understand, as, as John teaches us in, in the gospel reading where he proclaims Jesus is the Lamb of God. Well, that's where a lamb would have been born, would have been in the stable. And the lamb was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, yeah, newborn babe, lambs, the shepherds will always wrap them in something to keep them warm so they didn't get in the frigid temperatures or they didn't have um, issues of that nature. They, you know, And they laid them in a manger, which was a, a feeding trough, but also was where the hay was that kept them up off the ground from the other creatures and insects and things of that nature. So so Jesus was the Lamb of God, and what was who was looking at him were all the other sacrificial lambs and all the other sacrificial animals that were portrayed as, fig, as uh, prefigurements of Christ, the one true sacrificial lamb. Because again, lambs back in those days, you know, the, the high priest would lay their hand on an unblemished lamb and believe that all the sins of all the people would be conveyed onto the lamb, and then the lamb would be slaughtered for the forgiveness of those sins. But that was all prefiguring the true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who took on the sins of all the world, past, present, future. And he was that one true sacrificial lamb that gave his life for us on the cross. He is the Paschal lamb, the Passover lamb, the lamb that was there at the Last Supper. And it was so beautiful because, again, Jesus was born in the city of bread. Jesus says he's the bread of life. When you add the pieces together, then John's gospel, chapter 6, verses 54 and, or makes, 54 and 1 makes sense because Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And here's the key one that he says, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. We know that he gave his flesh, but he's telling you that same flesh is the bread. What bread? The bread that he takes at the Last Supper. And he breaks it and says, this is my body. What blood? The same chalice that he takes with the wine and it says, this is the cup of my blood of the new covenant. There in Jesus's own words, he's telling us how we are called to eat his flesh and drink his blood as Catholics because he's in the bread. 
He's in the wine, which then becomes his very blood. It's beautiful. When you add the pieces together, you understand that all Catholic teaching finds its deep roots in sacred scripture, in the Bible. And as Catholics, we need to learn that and then be able to share it always with love and humility to our separated brothers and sisters who don't see the connection. And all of a sudden they go, I never knew that. I never knew that. I never knew that. I mean, I love it when Dr. Scott Hahn shares uh, on the fourth cup where Jesus's final words on the cross are, it is finished. And we say, well, what's he mean? What's finished? His life? Yes. His life is expiring. He gave up his spirit. Something else deep spiritually is happening. As Dr. Scott Hahn breaks this open, the Paschal Lamb, which Jesus is called in scriptures, gives up his life, is slaughtered. There on the cross with no broken bones, unblemished. So when he says it's finished, he gives up his life. So the Passover meal that was taking place in the Last Supper, where Jesus said, the bread I will give is my flesh for the life of the world, he gives us his flesh. And then we know as Catholics that every day at Mass, that same flesh that Jesus gave on the cross is offered to us as spiritual food for our journey The bread of life is given to us, but we have our free will. Do we choose to go? Do we go with haste? Do we go prepared? Or are we too busy? Are the in of our hearts too crowded with worldly stuff and agendas and things to do? Because the number one commandment is love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Put him first. But when we start our day and we don't put him first, are we in breach of that commandment? I do believe we are. He wants to be first in everything. Why? Because if he's first, then it's in and through that relationship that all other relationships flow, that his son, Jesus Christ, is made manifest in us, that people, when they meet us, they greet us, they hear us, they're meeting, they're greeting They're experiencing the Christ within us. We become those invitations, those lights to the world, to the eternal banquet. So let's not take it lightly. Let's let's ask God for his help to clearly see the truth, hear the truth, and then respond to that invitation of our Lord. And if I could, guys, I would love to share a a God story that happened at this banquet that that you so eloquently uh, spoke about, David. And uh, it was um, a celebration the Wednesday, a week, uh, last week, uh, the Wednesday before Christmas, it was a celebration in a home. There was a home mass, and uh, the patriarch of the family of, of that home, it was his first mass in eight months. He'd been in the ho- he was in the hospital for six months. He, you know, just it, in, in bed, it, it was a horrible story, but he's, he's healing now. So a beautiful mass in his home, and the priest was so, uh, he was just so awesome in how he led the congregation there in the home to truly pray the mass. Wow. And when you ask people, what's the most powerful prayer in the Catholic church? A lot of times you get a lot of different answers, the components of the mass maybe, but the mass is the most powerful prayer. And this priest was leading us in that most powerful prayer. And at the, um, the, the moment after communion, when he was cleaning the, the, the vessels, he said, let's take some time now in silence to have a visitation. Visit in your prayers with someone that, that you know, that you love, that you might not have seen in a while. Visit with them in your prayers. Pray for them. 
and then ask God to bless the the next encounter you have with them. Wow. And I was like, so, that's so cool. Because the most powerful, the closest we'll ever be with our Lord is when we physically have yes. him streaming through our, our body. And just that one little leading of the priest quieted the whole place and everybody entered into, into prayer. So imagine if every priest did that at that moment to really guide the, the, the flock. So he did that. And for whatever reason, of all the people in my, in my life, my, my high school buddies came to mind. And I prayed for Dave and Mark and Steve and, and Tommy and Tommy. Pray for them by name. Pray for their families. Ask God to bless them and ask God to forgive me. Because when I had my conversion, I kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater, right? I just kind of dropped them because I associated them with my craziness back in the heyday. But they're good guys. I mean, we, we grew up together. But I just, out of fear, I think, just, just dropped them. So I asking, asking God's forgiveness for that and said, you know, if you want us to reconnect, you know, let your will be done. So mass continued and ended. It was about eight o'clock at night at that point. So the you know the the dinner started. Um, went to my my coat to check my phone, and at nine thirty, I received a text from Dave, one of the guys I just prayed for. Yo, Rob, trying to get the boys together tomorrow night. Mike's in, prayed for him. Mark's in, prayed for him. Steve's in, prayed for him. I'm in, prayed for Dave. You want to join us? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, my man. Yes. I said, remind me to tell you a story about your text. So the next night came and I went and met my guys and, uh, you know, we had a great time sharing stories. Some of them, you know, were stories that I've, you know, would rather not remember, but you know, I would just, I, I was okay. And you know, I just was there. I was present. I was asking them questions about their lives. On the way out, one of my buddies said, Rob, you, know, you, you need to come to my church with me one, one Sunday. You know, I, I go to this church. Why, you know, why, why don't you come with me? And then I you know, gave, him, uh, gave him each a CD of, of Marty Rotella's you know, Spirit Powers Christmas hmm. CD. Gave them each yeah, CD yeah. As, as a gift just to give them a little taste of what I've been involved in. And, uh, and I shared the story with Dave about his text. And after I shared the story with him, he's like, Rob, I have goosebumps. Did you tell the guys this? I was like, no, why don't you do that? And then I left. So who knows what happened, but praise God. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what's so important to share our stories, share our God moments. I mean, I look here at the shepherds. Listen to this. They returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. That's exactly what you just did, Rob. You're expressing a God story that happened, a God moment, and then you shared that story with others who then do what? Share the story. So it's so important. As brothers and sisters in Christ, you know what I mean? As members of the one body of Christ, we share our stories, our God moments, because you know what? They're messages of hope for those that are blind, for those that are deaf, to come to know and to see the Lord. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be those lights that change the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.